platform for an in-depth look in economic matters with leaders and decision makers. This is BizTalk. Hello and welcome to CGTN China Economy Forum. I'm Guan Xing in Beijing. So in this special program, leaders from China's fast-growing industries share with us the vision and insights that shape their businesses and put them at the center of the fastest-growing economy in the world. In our first episode, we profile four distinguished guests from a range of innovative sectors who are also the industry leaders in their respective fields. And they are Wang Jun, Chief Financial Officer of IGE. Welcome and Ding Xianfeng, Managing Partner and Chief Scientist of One Wall. Welcome to the show. And Hans Dan, Founder and CEO of Cape Click. And Elizabeth Xu, Executive Director of InfoVision. So welcome to the show and thank you so much for your time today. We start our program with each of the four guests telling us about their unique business models, the innovation behind it, and their views on what's happening in their respective sectors. In a government work report at this year's two sessions, China has made it clear that it will promote the development of the digital industry. Asia Pacific will have 698 million SVOD subscriptions by 2026, up from 502 million at the end of 2021. Half of the region's total will come from China. And China will also speed up the integration of digital technologies in a real economy in a bid to create new growth drivers and offer a better life for people. So our first speaker is Wang Jun, Chief Financial Officer of IGE, a leading video streaming platform in China. Mr. Wang, the floor is yours. Thanks so much, Shane. It's a great pleasure to join you here. Uh, we are actually the leading online streaming service provider in China. And oftentimes, we were called China Netflix, but we do wish we can grow into something even bigger. And our mission is to marry technology with art into taking the best of the two sides to create something truly amazing. And I would say that starting from day one, uh, IG probably is at the center and the front of the technology innovation. And there are two pieces that we currently focus on. The first thesis is really related to the emergence of AR or augmented reality and VR devices. And I think there is a backdrop here. For average people, over 80% of the information were actually acquired visually and then processed by the brains. And more often than not, people will use intelligent devices to help them acquiring and processing information. But the devices themselves uh, sometimes are simply not that intelligent. For example, if you're having coffee with your friend, you put your phones aside, then enjoy the time, finish the coffee, but your mobile device does not know, right? If it's new, it will probably order another coffee for you. And things will change. If you're wearing, for example, a pair of intelligent AR glasses, the glass itself sees everything that you see. It will knew you finish your coffee and it can come in service as a digital butler and it can order one more cup for you and even with a cookie. So I think uh, popularity with AR and VR devices will open the age of metaverse, as we always call it, and which represents uh, billions of opportunities for both content and technology companies as the one focusing on digital content throughout the life, IGE can certainly benefit. Running into a little bit update about IGEs today, uh, we actually invested significantly in virtual reality and augmented reality. Uh, since 2016, uh, we have released several products that achieved many world-class uh, breakthroughs. Then looking forward, 
I think IT will further invest in the content platform and hardware to cement the position as the industry leader. Then second thesis, if I may, uh, to explore, to further explore, is IT is actively using technology to produce more engaging shows in a more cost-effective way. Uh, I think we are absolutely the forerunner in this space. For example, we often got asked by this question, how do you guys know which show to produce? Which show will capture most of the attention? Well, to answer this question, we use machine learning. Now, machine learning actually can analyze a large quantity of literature and plays, thereby allowing for more effective discovery of potential valuable IPs, then we can adapt them into shows. Then another example is when we are producing a variety show, we use five, 10, or even 20 cameras at the same time. Hence for each episode, we can capture over 100 hours of digital records. Then how do you do the cut and edit? Uh, probably will not by the human uh, means. Uh, we use AIs, artificial intelligence. This can be a very effective tool to improve efficiency. So as a summary, uh, we are thrilled, excited about the impact that you just mentioned. Uh, we are determined to use more interactive, uh, more advanced technology to produce engaging digital content uh, to more users to as many users as possible. Mr. Wang, we know that IGE has made waves in overseas markets. What role does new technology play in this process? Yes, as you just mentioned, IGE is very active in this space. Uh, we actually look into opportunities, especially not only in the traditional mature Western market, but also in, in the uh, Southeast Asia, for example. Then when we expand into these markets, we realize that localization is very important. Localization does not only mean we probably need help from local actors and actresses. It also means that we need to understand, for example, in Southeast Asia, hundreds and millions of audiences, they actually have a quite high level of illiteracy rate, i.e. people do not read texts. So we need to do the dubbing for each of the shows that we produce in China, convert from Chinese to lo local language. How are we going to do it? Uh, we use the help of artificial intelligences, which effectively uh, reduce all the costs by 80%. And these are the things that we can uh, benefit from advancement of the technology. Well, thank you for sharing with us. That was Wang Jun, Chief Financial Officer of ICE, a leading video streaming platform in China. The Internet of Things market in China is expected to surpass $300 billion in 2025, and that's according to a report by IDC, which also predicts the IoT market in China will account for about 26.1% of the world's total. Automatic driving, intelligent home, and wearable terminals will see a rapid increase thanks to the construction of infrastructure, including 5G. And next, let's welcome Ding Xianfeng, managing partner and chief scientist of One War. And One War is a subsidiary of the China's tech giant Wanki. Its principal business is space tech services, which mainly include property management, facility management, and smart city integrated services. Mr. Ding, please. Let me explain in a little bit. So, what our industry it is in China? We have 50 billion square meters. It's already have been built in the last 40 years. So this is massive asset need to be digitized and rebuild into a digital world. And the tool is IoT. We can digitize the lighting, digitize the elevator, digitize the air conditioning, and also of the railway station, digitize the highway station, 
everything. So then entirely transformative into a digital world. Then we can using AI to improve the asset value or operation efficiency. For example, you can optimize the air conditioning flows. So then you can tremendously reduce carbon dioxide emissions and which accounts 25% entire populations, entire global emissions. And another 50% come from the industry. So if you look in the summers, you, there is a lot of air conditioning running. And in the winters, there is a lot of the heating runnings. This all generating carbon dioxide, right? So we can, after digitization, we know where there are the people, where is no people, then we can save a lot of the, the energies and, and still making, maintain a comfortable level for the, uh, the users, either you are in the home or in the office. What the industry we are in is a huge industry, involve 50 trillion RMB worth of asset, involve 25% the carbon dioxide emission, and involve more than 30 million workers you working in the buildings, the worker keep the building running more efficiently. Those are major, major working problems to solve. After 20 years of doing IoT, the camera, the sensor are low cost enough. The camera is all only like the 200 RMBs per inch, lower enough to able to grab enough data and in exchange saving the energies. Uh, but if we want to re-digitize the huge construction world and the building industry, we need a probably 10 to 20 years. But the improving the efficiency with a $50 trillion by 1%, that's a huge efficiency of the money. Uh, the huge saving of the energies. Certainly, once we digitize the entire building, what's happening? Metaverse. We can add in all the electronic content, digital content, we adding more avatars, we adding more v movies, all 3D movie into the digital world. Then you people in the digital world, you can interact with the physical world. In the meantime, you can interact with the, the digital object. So after the digital world is being built, the metaverse will continue to grow. So next 20 years is digital internet, which will be 10 times bigger than last 20 years. So that's the industry we are going to uh, driving forward. Indeed, Mr. Ingwa, it seems there's uh, immense potential uh, going forward. So in your opinion that the next big thing after the uh, internet is metaverse. So which sector exactly are you looking into? What applications, what services are you going to create? So the metaverse itself, so then we, everybody, we have a lot of the enjoy digital content in the metaverse. And the metaverse narrow meanings is we are, have all 3D. And today's all the movies are 2D content. In the future, uh, we are have 3D content. We have the immersive touch and feelings. That's in the narrow meanings. So which industry will be really, really first growing is the service industry. Today, you can do 3D home showing. If you want to buy a home, you can do 3D. You can do really immerse. And the content generation, so it costs money. But if you're selling a home, enough cost to do the 3D home, 
Then you walk in the home, the view in the home, touch and feel in the home, you can get the very good feelings. You even can touch the, the tiles. You even can touch the bathtub and how the water is hard, how water is feeling. You can do that because the touch feeling devices, once you did it once, you can give it to anybody there. You don't throw it away. You, you can do it multiple times. So in my view, all those high value product selling in the 3D viewing are the number one killer app of the metaverse. Welcome to My Stories of Chinese Characters, Season 2. I'm Uncle Han Zi. This season, we will travel to different destinations and experience the different sceneries throughout the year. This season, we will taste delicious foods. Delicious, how sure. Feel the delicacy of Chinese silk. Some people say that this is the world's first computer because each one of these is an instruction. And enjoy the local architectures. Yes, it's a big house. Chanzhou's Wu We will feel a sense of camaraderie on the slow train. And feel the excitement of the snowfields. Yes! Yes! I'm Uncle Han Zi. This season, we will take you to see a different China from the perspective of Chinese characters. Meet us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other major podcast platforms, or on our website, radio.cgtn.com. Growing use of internet provides a developing prospect for online shopping. According to the meticulous research, the global e-commerce market will reach 24.3 trillion U.S. dollars by 2025, and that's driven by rising mobile and internet coverage, big data, and cloud-based e-commerce platforms, advanced payment options. It also warns that volatile geopolitical situation and online security risks are expected to hinder the growth of global e-commerce market. So next, let's welcome Hans Down, founder and CEO of Cape Click. And Cape Click is a global e-commerce fashion brand committed to providing high-quality goods with affordable price for the Gen Z. Uh, Mr. Down, the floor is yours. Hi. Yes, we are running a global fashion brand for the Gen Z users especially in the U.S. and Europe market. Since 2015, I switched my career uh, as an uh, ex-McKinsey consultant to a general manager for cross-border business for a Latin America e-commerce company and also a Southeast Asia e-commerce company, uh, Shopee, which is the biggest one in the market right now. And I was thinking that in the past few years, mainly when we do cross-border e-commerce, we mainly leverage the supply chain advantages in China, the cheap uh, manufacturing products. Now we are thinking that actually we also have enough high quality design capacity to design our own brand. We design and we provide a higher quality. That's why we want to do this. We upgrade the uh, offering, the supply chain offering. We upgrade the brands and to really target a higher end segment of the market and uh, move the cross-border e-commerce industry to the next level. And plus, we observe that a lot of Gen Z users, they are moving to social media to get to know brands, to get information 
and they are more keen to interact with brands on social media and they trust the KOLs, the influencers' opinion. So we think that that's a very good opportunity to do branding on a new channel, which is social media. And as, uh, as I work uh, in TikTok and as the global head of operation for TikTok e-commerce, I also saw that, for example, in Southeast Asia market, we see a very rapid growth or live streaming e-commerce. People selling on TikTok, they, they are doing live streaming, they post videos, they sell products in Indonesia, and now also uh, copy the business to other countries uh, like uh, Thailand, Vietnam, and also UK. And, and eventually, I believe they will also do this in the US. So we see that there's also a very big opportunity for us interact with users on social media. We can work with the influencers from the, the Euro and US market. And also, uh, like the former two guests mentioned, the metaverse, we also observed that some fashion brands are embracing metaverse by launching digital apparels, digital shoes. So we are also thinking that this is uh, another opportunity we can embrace since we are targeting the younger generation who are actually the main users in the metaverse. This is uh, also an upcoming trend, so we are keeping an eye on. Oh, very interesting. And uh, since China's e-commerce sector is moving up the value chain and there are uh, more emphasis than ever on branding and quality. So just curious, when you are branding your, the products, are you trying to deliver some kind of value to your customers? Of course, our target consumers are the Gen Z users. Uh, obvious characteristic of this group of people is that they uh, emphasize value, emphasize the spiritual values a lot. For example, they want something different, mm-hmm. unique, that can represent their attitudes. They uh, value a lot original design, sustainability, environmental friendly. All the products design, our designers are some, some kind of style and spirits which might be non-mainstream in the last generation, but becoming mainstream in Gen Z. For example, some a little bit rebelling, a little bit daring, bold, difference. As that puts a lot of added value to uh, the uh, uh, clothing industry. And Ms. Dan, talking about environmental concerns, reselling, reusing, and extending the lifespan of garments is critical in promoting sustainable development. What has been done by the industry to meet the growing ecological concerns? Yeah, I think maybe uh, if we are talking about apparel industry, firstly, the materials, the fabrics uh, we should use uh, should be more uh, consist of cottons, which is biodegradable, biodegradable cottons rather than some other like plastic fabrics that, which are non-degradable. The other thing is um, we should uh, offer more durable, higher quality pros that people does not slow away just uh, after one or two months they, they can wear for a longer time. So yeah, I think these are the two the brands uh, should, yeah, should, should focus on. Yeah. Okay, thank you for sharing with us, Hans Down, founder and CEO of Cape Click. Coming up next, we use technology to share this knowledge and use knowledge to solve the industry problem which is the imbalance of demand and supply of high quality of medical expertise and resources. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? 
Well, get a perspective with China Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get on our wavelength every week to find out what's real with China Africa Talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. And the smart healthcare market is rapidly developing. Demand for healthcare services and products in China continues to grow as China is taking efforts to advance the sector's development with increased investments in related infrastructure, pharmaceutical research, medical diagnostic, as well as preventive treatment. So next, let's welcome Elizabeth Xu, Executive Director of InfoVision. Uh, InfoVision is a medical AI company. Its platform uses big data and AI to screen, diagnose, and treat a range of diseases and is now supplying over 400 medical institutions across 20 countries uh, with AI healthcare solutions. Ms. Xu, the floor is yours. Thank you. Uh, InfoVision was started uh, early 2016. Our mission is to use AI, deep learning, to improve human life globally. Uh, we are very grateful to witness the amazing growth of AI healthcare industry since uh, 2015. Uh, what we are doing is uh, using the deep learning technology uh, to learn from the top experts and provide that expertise through AI algorithms to hospitals in large cities, in smaller cities, and in rural areas thus bring a great benefit to general public. What we're doing is um, by learning from these top experts, we extract knowledge and insight, and we use technology to share this knowledge and use knowledge to solve the industry problem, which is the imbalance of demand and the supply of high quality of medical expertise and resources. This is not only as a China problem or challenge, it's also a global problem. And the uh, industry, the AI medical industry, has gone through four phases of major development since uh, 2015. Uh, back in 2015, many people are very skeptical whether uh, deep learning, uh, this technology, is usable or feasible to be used in a healthcare and also in imaging. We help doctors to um, do early stage screening and diagnostics of lung nodules uh, back in 2016. In the second stage is the product validation. When people see the potential of AI technology applied in imaging to provide clinical value, we have to prove we can prioritize it. From 2016 to 2019, we developed and validated uh, industry-grade AI product. We proved that not only AI technology but AI clinical product and solutions can be valuable clinical tool for many doctors. In the third stage, we actually see regulatory approvals in major markets across the world. In 2020, AI is becoming certified uh, clinical products in different countries. We are now in this fourth stage of the AI uh, medical technology development. We are seeing that more and more values are being provided um, across the whole hospital in many departments at all levels, in many bigger hospitals, in smaller hospitals, and also in rural hospitals. And the, these technologies combined with uh, capability of these hospitals were providing great values to the general public. 
it is also information's uh, product development strategy that vertically will go through disease screening and diagnostic, disease intervention and treatment, uh, patient management and research. At the same time, horizontally, we'll expand from lung to heart to brain to liver and many other areas. Looking into the future, we anticipate great market growth in AI healthcare uh, space. At the same time, we also anticipate AI technology will become more and more mature uh, with, with more and more robustness. In the healthcare industry, we also anticipate continued innovation. Well, thank you for your speech. And uh, Ms. Xu, you talk about uh, any question between the uh, demand and supply. So give us an example how artificial intelligence is lowering the cost of medical services in China. Absolutely. So we all know uh, to really train a doctor uh, is a very long process. Not only uh, the doctors will go through very rigorous medical training, they also have to be trained on the job for many years. However, with AI, we can learn from the top doctors in AAA hospitals, and we can learn from their expertise and uh, extract that knowledge and insight into an AI algorithm. And then we can apply that AI algorithms to new patients' imaging data and to give uh, early stage screening, diagnostic, uh, and also be assistant to doctors. So this is useful in large hospitals in China to improve efficiencies. And in the rural areas, this technology will bring great capability and expertise to doctors and patients to increase a, a lot of these accuracies of uh, screening and diagnostic. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Xi, the COVID-19 pandemic highlighted the urgency of global cooperation in medical services. In what areas do you see heightened needs for global cooperation in medical AI industry? Absolutely. So when the pandemic hit uh, in early 2020, we were able to quickly uh, produce the AI algorithm and AI product for pneumonia and to fight COVID-19. So we quickly deployed our technologies in hospitals in China in January of 2020. And in the following months, we quickly expanded this technology deployment in Japan and also in many countries in Europe. Uh, many doctors were able to use our technology to quickly uh, triage patients to be suspected uh, COVID-19 patients and to really help the doctors to reduce the time to uh, diagnose the patients at the same time to measure the progress of the disease or the effectiveness of the treatment. Well, thank you, Ms. Xu, and thank you very much. And uh, we're going to leave it there. And thank you, all of you, for your great insights. Wang Jun, Chief Financial Officer of ICE, and Ding Xianfeng, Managing Partner and Chief Scientist of One War, Hans Dang, Founder and CEO of Cape Click, and Elizabeth Chu, Executive Director of InfraVision. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.